Hi there, my name is Margot Lieblick, and this is my podcast, What's for Dinner? In each episode, I explore various experiences, stories, and memories, all somewhat related to the topic of food. In this episode, a sporadic trip to the fish market results in an interesting menu choice for dinner, something that made us stop and question the ethics of preparing that meal. What dish could spark such controversy? We are alive! Oh my god! We're dead! They're super What creature could provoke such profound reflections on oneself? <laughs> Evil shrimps. <laughs> In this episode. <laughs> is crayfish the same as crawfish? I hope so. <laughs> crawfish is what's for dinner. Our dinner plan for the evening started simply enough. But first, I'd like to introduce the main characters for today's episode, since you'll be hearing four new voices on this episode. We have my boyfriend and partner in crawfish eating crime, Nick. Yeah, if somebody bought me the last thing that I had was a taste of the Pilsner, I'd be so pissed. Gene, co-host to the scene of the crime. Who do you think, like, the first person I always <laughs> wonder this. to be, to like, to, to see this. that thing crawling around and be like, I can eat that? Mm-hmm. I, Amanda, our vegetarian friend that was thrust into the situation. This one's yeah. super unhappy. He probably knows his death is imminent. And Rachel, our neutral third-party observer. I just don't like watching him struggle. Ooh, oh, I don't like it. <laughs> Nick and I were the brains behind the operation. Uh, so where did you buy it? At a New Deal fish market. And it was just like, oh my god, tonight. Then it was like this special thing that they had, and yeah. they were out on like the like display thing, so you could see them from the street. And there were a lot of frisky little uh, little crawdads running around, and we at first joked about it, and then <laughs> and then we we're like, and oh. then this joke became quite serious. So they they're really good at having like. We looked at recipes for how to make a proper crawfish boil drawing off my one work trip to Louisiana a year ago, and started to work on what sounded like a tasty combination of ingredients. So what else is in this mixture of stuff? Um, it's, gonna, it's potatoes right now, and sausage, and onions, and uh, corn, and then like spices. What's the water, Our first mistake was probably bringing out the live crawfish from the fridge to play around with while the potato mixture was still cooking. Do, do we want to bring more crayfish into the mix of like just ch- chunking them out? Just cook some and then see how they cook. I mean, I'm just like looking at them because oh. <laughs> they're yeah. because inter- they're interesting to look at. It's weird that the only the ones on the table are moving. Oh no, these are kind of. My moving. mom sent me when I, I sent her a picture of like the crayfish out and then the bag. Some of us, more than others, even started to grow attached. This one's named Spuriosa because it's only got one claw. Oh, Furiosa, what happened? For those of you that didn't see Mad Max after it swept the Oscars this year, this was a reference to the badass, one-armed lead female character. 
I like to think of myself as a fairly compassionate person and have lately been making more of an effort to avoid eating meat for a variety of reasons. But I didn't find myself as swept up by the little critters. Lobsters. Yeah, they're like little. I mean, I feel like the more I look at them, they just look like insects. They look. They dead. are. That's what they. they look lobsters are like. We're considered insects. When looking at the creatures close up, we kept thinking of how unappealing and frankly creepy the crawfish looked. We started wondering about the origins of eating such strange-looking creatures, such as crawfish and lobster. Yeah, it disgusting. Used to, it used to be like really low-cost food. Yeah. How did that change? A quick Google search revealed a number of interesting facts on how lobster and crawfish were eaten before they became popularized foods. Wow, through the 1940s, American customers could buy lobster meat in cans, and it was a fairly low-priced can of that. On top of that, people fed lobster to their cats. More research revealed that lobster used to not only be cheap and abundant, but it was considered disgusting and even embarrassing to eat. Lobster was fed to prisoners, and serving it to your family was a symbol of poverty. Lobster was so hated that there are examples where indentured servants in the U.S. built it into their contracts that they could not be fed lobster more than three times a week. Quite a stark contrast to the fine dining and elite status that lobster represents today. Interestingly enough, it became expensive because railways started to spread in America, and so they realized that if people were foreigners, like, didn't know what lobster was, they could pretend that it's exotic and rare. Yeah. All of a sudden, people who hadn't been living on the coast, growing up thinking of lobster as low-class food, could be duped into paying top dollar for this new seafood. And they loved it. After that point, demand started to increase, and thus, so did the price. Crawfish didn't have quite the same dramatic story, although they did have similar humble beginnings. In 1960, the town of Bro Bridge in Louisiana was named the crawfish capital of the world, and subsequently started the Bro Bridge Crawfish Festival. The goal was to change the public's view of crawfish, and it worked. Soon, crawfish was seen as a staple in the Louisiana diet and made its way onto restaurant menus. The height of crawfish season is in the spring, when the crustaceans are at their largest size, and nowadays you'll find countless festivals and community crawfish boils during the prime season. So back to our main story, at the dinner, where we were only just starting to understand the plight of our shellfish friends. As we watched the crawfish crawling around on the kitchen table and learned more about the disregard consumers felt for Furiosa's less popular ancestors, the more we thought about taking these live creatures and putting them in a pot of boiling water. It started to feel intense. Wait, so do you just boil them and they die? Yeah. Then they die. Eventually, we couldn't put it off any longer. Furiosa, this is gonna hurt when I put you in. Oh. But... I, am, I am sad. And it came time to cook them. Oh, oh my god. Bye, Furiosa. Oh. If you're a fan of the late David Foster Wallace, you probably know where this is going. Nick said it was funny that I was reading Consider the Lobster today. That's what I was, I was like, I feel like I should read that after this. I have never read that 
particular. Me neither. I've read. Some I've of read those. it. I can't believe you guys haven't read it. It's basically about if it's moral to cook lobster up because they clearly feel their own death, and it's like basically goes into the details of like how you would die if you were a lobster and getting cooked like that. Cooked and alive. you just read this. So I couldn't help but use this as an opportunity to revisit DFW's essay on the Maine Lobster Fair. About a month after the dinner party, I got Nick and Jean to talk with me about their thoughts on the essay. One very relevant piece of information to point out is that in the time it took us to get together and talk about the essay... We do also have the added shill that I'm now a vegetarian. Yeah. <laughs> reading eating that's animals. Note, that's Jean speaking. With that in mind, let's see where our discussion took us. Down for. <laughs> I think my favorite part of... Uh, yeah, that's true. Of... Uh, the lobster culture is like the lobster tanks at restaurants because when I was a little kid I would just look at them so yeah, just yeah like, that's a weird thing that you, like, is pick the one you want and like every single restaurant has that like enormous lobster yeah. that's been there for like years it's like nobody like ever what? eats old Bertha that's like five pounds because yeah. they allegedly like big lobsters yeah. taste terrible but yeah the only thing comparable to that is like there's I don't think there's anything that widespread like sometimes different like Chinese restaurants and stuff will have a fish tank of actual like fish. Oh, that's that you awesome! I'll totally do that. So then that's like an aesthetic thing, right? Because lobsters don't look. They, lobster can't be like cute or anything, so no one would be like weirded out by that. But if you went to like like pick like oh, I want to kill that cow. Yeah, no, not the same. It. But what I was gonna and that was something that we kept coming back to. Or I think it would be interesting as a comparison, also, because. I mean, because one of the most interesting things about lobster is that it is so different than any other, like, meat we eat. Yeah. For all the reasons we've been talking yeah. about. Like, they, the but people, when people buy lobster, they want a certain, like, set course of events, right? They want to like, put on the lobster bib. It's then, a whole like, ordeal. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, part of it is getting the meat out of the lobster and, like, dipping it in the butter. It's like a whole process. It's kind of like... Uh, like going to like hot pot or something like that. You yeah, want, it's an ex- eating You would never experience. get just like takeout hot pot. Right. Just like it's rare to get takeout lobster. You would, you would never get. You would I just it. I just got takeout lobster the other day. But you would rarely get. You would you would rarely take the process element out of it. You would never like take the end product pile of lobster meat and just have that served. You yeah, know, yeah, that seems super out of People sometimes do in a restaurant, but like you probably don't like go out of your way. Maybe, to, but like, people have it on like it's there's not, like lobster ravioli. There's like but salad. it's not very common that you would take the product of that lobster experience, which is just pieces of meat, yeah. and take the experience out of it. Yeah. Like people want. If you're gonna make lobster, yeah. it's probably more because yeah. you want to do. But that means you're doing all of it for the most part. Sometimes you can steam them in the grocery store; they cook them for you. Huh. But I think. Most people, when they like, oh, let's make lobster tonight. Yeah, they're, they're doing That's what I'm expecting if I go to someone's shit. house. I know yeah. that the whole thing's And if you should, I'm just going to hand you a plate of lobster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's like yeah. meat. There's yeah. a little lobster meat. Enjoy. Dude. The more we talked about it, the more we realized it isn't even just that lobster can come with a unique cooking experience. It's that eating the lobster is that entire cooking experience. It's inherent to how we think about lobster as food. So much so that we often don't think about those morally questionable aspects. The method of eating lobster is also super weird because you just get the thing in its body still and you butcher it yourself, kind of. Which is like this like fun thing for some people to get like the nutcrackers and stuff. But but I'm I'm again imagining the analog. It's like if they just like smoked a pig whole that's the, the only thing we've done that there we've done a pig roast 
and that and then that is like very weird and I never want to eat the meat after you like, really you've like oh god eat, no what? I never eat the pulled pork at the really? no way. I've just seen people sticking their hands into the animal while its oh, face looks up wow. at me I don't want to eat that well what if alright do you mean that from like a hygiene standpoint like somebody rubbing their grubby paws all over no, or just like you don't like, like a, from like the even before I like really considered the idea of like ethically killing mm-hmm. animals like it just kind of like it was like I was saying before, it's like all about how you can reckon with it as an individual. And the way I reckoned with it was being like, I'm eating meat. I'm not eating an animal. Like, yeah. it, it has been processed into meat. And I'm okay with that because it's not tieable to a certain thing. But then when you like watch it start to finish, it like, I just didn't You like recognize. That. So you think that's, that for you, as far as though morally, do you think that's better or worse? Morally, I think it's better. Because, because it's you know new. it's you know how it's prepared and you know that it's in theory like not part of this like far- factory farming system. Yeah, that's true. That so morally and probably uh, um, hygienically, it's like better. But just from like a I don't know philosophical standpoint, I always had trouble reckoning with that. Marvin, there's no way we can eat all this food. Yes, you can. When I find Furios, I'm gonna be so sad. I'm gonna drop to my knees. It'll be like that episode of The Simpsons when Homer makes Pinky his lobster. Yeah. Looking at Eugene. Yes. <laughs> so, looking back to that night, we cooked up the crawfish. You want this? No, I really don't think you're supposed to eat that part. This, guy, this was a smoker. That's why he's got this. <laughs> Maybe we were a little more crass with the whole ordeal than I remember. Really easy. Margot Margo made the worst analogy. Oh, ever. I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> what is it? I didn't hear okay, this. Margot so said, good. you know how when you open a gallon of milk, it has that twist top? They have one of those on the crop. It is like that. You just crack it open. Okay, maybe a lot more crass. Hmm? I was just bringing it here to cool it a little bit. I'm staging. I can't eat Furiosa. It's going to be too sad. I should have saved, all should have saved her. I've never done that before. But... I do maintain that, for better or worse, we weren't oblivious to the controversial aspects of cooking our new ten-legged friends. So do you think it's worth it for that little bit of meat? Oh, that's the real question. Mm. Or to put it in someone else's words. Um, Okay, so he writes, So then here's a question that's all but unavoidable at the world's largest lobster cooker and may arise in kitchens across the U.S. Is it all right to boil a sentient creature alive just for our gustatory pleasure? Is that gustatory, gustatory? Probably gustatory. That's a separate debate for another time. That's another podcast <laughs> That's a whole other episode. Two pounds of crawfish and ten pages of David Foster Wallace later, I don't think we found one answer. Except that, well, it is gustatory. I had this vision of myself Which I thought no one could hear And I would scream it to everyone that was near me but in time I come to find All that shouting in my life Was for somebody else to make that vision come clear for me Peter Stuyvesant He had love inside of him But he had no words to say how he was feeling so Alright, all time for shoutouts to all the friends that made this happen. Thanks to Amanda Miller and Rachel Aronchik for letting me record our dinner without really any advance notice. 
And of course, thanks to Gene Bonacorsi and Nick Adolf for, on top of that, your additional insight and participation in the episode. Yay, friends! The music on this episode, including this awesome track, is from Patchwork Symphony. Check out more of their work at soundcloud.com slash patchworksymphony. If you have questions for me or would like to contribute to a future episode, you can reach me at whatsfordinnermargo at gmail.com. Searching